This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, here is a joint statement put out tonight by the National Hockey League and the NHL Players Association. Despite numerous reports and speculation over the last few days, the NHL and the NHLPA have not made any decisions or set a timeline for possible return to play scenarios. So the league and its players association offering that bit of clarity tonight. However, they did add this later on in the statement and they're talking about transitioning to phase two of the season being in pause. Phase one is the self quarantine that the league has recommended to players and hockey staff phase two, possibly getting the players back to work a little bit. And uh, here's what they're saying. Players might return to small group activities in NHL club training facilities. The precise date remains undetermined. And then the NHL adds, if conditions continue to trend favorably, we believe we may be able to move to phase two at some point in the mid to later portion of May. All right, so maybe, I guess we're looking at three to five weeks, uh, I guess, maybe two and a half to four and a half weeks where players in small groups could actually use team training facilities. So that is the latest from the National Hockey League and the Players Association. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, this comment today on the status of the NHL in Alberta. As you know, I I did have a conversation with Commissioner Bettman about a week ago, and uh, it was a general conversation about the potential for um, Alberta to host uh, some games to wrap up uh, this year's uh, NHL season. I think the league wants to award a a cup this year, and uh, if we could do that safely in Alberta, I think that would be awesome. Uh, We'd have to make sure that that, that, that all of the health protocols are followed very rigorously, and given the uh, professionalism and the resources of the league, I'm confident they could come forward with a detailed proposal that, that uh, for consideration by our public health officials. We have not yet received such a detailed proposal. I have not had any further uh, discussions with the NHL since last week. Um, my office continues to be in touch with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, however, and uh, I think uh, conversations continue between them and, and the league. Okay, so that's Alberta Premier Jason Kenney. So kind of what we've already known, no no update. The league would have to have a very thorough proposal if they wanted to bring a bunch of teams to Edmonton and play games, and they'd have to follow the, the health regulations to the letter if uh, they were going to be allowed to keep playing here. So that's the latest on the NHL tonight. We'll discuss that a little bit more with Rob Brown between 7.30 and 8. The Oilers today have signed Swedish defenseman Theodore Lenstrom. He is a 25-year-old left shooting defenseman who is uh, a really fast skater 
And of course, speed is king in the NHL these days. And we'll talk about that signing later on with Rob as well. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Hope you've had a great day. My name is Reed Wilkins coming to you from my spare bedroom inside sports on 630. Chad, you are welcome to reach out. 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and text. And the story that broke shortly before this program started last night, the Canadian Football League asking for financial aid from the federal government, $30 million now, and then perhaps as much as $120 million if the entire season gets canceled. For some perspective on that, the former commissioner of the CFL, he was in the chair from 07 to 15 Welcome back to Inside Sports, Mark Kohan. Mark, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. I wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, uh, I'm excited to be talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nice to catch up with you, and that's kind of the theme of a lot of interviews. We, we wish it were under different circumstances. I'll, I'll start there, I think, with the, the humanity question and all this. How is everybody in your world doing? Hopefully everybody's healthy. Well, thank you. My, my wife and my daughter are healthy. My brother, who lives in the UK, and his kids are all healthy. I think... My niece had uh, COVID-19 in the UK, but she's recovered. And uh, my parents, who are 83 and 81, are, are healthy. So my immediate family, they're all doing well. Uh, so we're lucky. Um, and we're, you know, plugging away. You know, everyone has their challenges and issues, whatever business you're involved with. And I wear a lot of different hats, uh, from the Juno Awards now to a thing called Toronto Global to uh, a, an investor in one of the fastest-growing spirits companies. We all have challenges. Um, but we're getting through these times. And, and as Canadians, one of the love things, the things I love to see is that we're all coming together to support each other. Well, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And the, all the stuff you mentioned is, is really important. But we still are talking about sports, and there's a lot of ifs about what might happen. We've uh, had a lot of stories about the NHL over the last week or so, and Edmonton as a possible landing point, and the CFL has popped into the headlines with Commissioner Randy Ambrosi pitching a, uh, making a, a request for financial assistance from the, from the federal government. That sort of broke just shortly before my show last night. Uh, you know, some big numbers in, in, in there, Mark. I'm, I'm hoping, first of all, you know, as somebody who was in Randy's chair, just, just your reaction to him going to the federal government here. Well, I think the most important thing for all of us to pause for a second is to think, you know, how important the Canadian Football League is to the culture uh, of this country and to our people. Um, and you can't just look at it as paying professional athletes. You really have to look at what is the economic impact for each city that the CFL plays in for the hundreds of people that work in the stadiums uh, and for the spirit of how it will lift us up uh, during challenging times. Um, if you think of over the past hundred years, sports plays a key role in changing the mental health and psyche of our citizens. And I don't think we can forget that. So um, if I was in Randy's uh, shoes, uh, I would go to, to the federal government and all levels of government to think about how you can help save an important institution like the CFL. As I mentioned, you know, I'm also chairman of the Juno Awards, uh, the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and our national charity. And, entertainment is in the exact same issue uh, 
challenge that sports have. There's no concerts. When can we gather again? When I had to cancel, we had to cancel the Juno Awards in, in, in Saskatoon two days before the event in mid-March. So all these things are really important to us. You see the government making important first steps in helping different sectors of the economy. I think addressing the sports and entertainment sector is one of the next things on their plate. It was interesting, Mark, some of the reaction I got from listeners last night. And, you know, obviously I clarified Randy's request is in three phases, $30 million now, maybe uh, some additional assistance, and then up to $120 million if, if the entire season winds up being cancelled. I mean, those are those are big numbers that for a lot of us just kind of float out there and they're hard to sort of quantify. Can you give some context for those amounts and how that might you know factor into to assisting the league if if there is a shortened or no season yeah it's hard for me to comment on that because i I haven't you know sat down with randy and and the board to understand what they're really asking for um uh, but you know if you think about an uh, an average cfl team or if you take one of the publicly traded teams, uh, public, publicly owned teams like Edmonton or Saskatchewan, you know, they're all around 35 to 40 million in revenues and roughly that in expenses. So um, the real question is, um, what, is what do the teams need um, to get through, you know, if there's no season this year, what does that mean? And what are their obligations? Uh, and then coming out of that, what does the new, either new CFL look like or when we can play again uh, next year what is the environment that they need to play in so uh, you know I don't know what the specifics of Randy's ask are and the owners ask uh, but I I do know that you know it's important to figure out a structure that allows you don't want the league to completely go black and lose all your employees and all your people. You know, what's the structure in place that allows it to continue some form of operation during a time where there might be no games? Now, also remember, you know, this league is much different than any other big professional sports league in North America. You know, the only about 10 or 11% of a team's revenues come through the league office, which is the TV deal. This league is so, um, f- uh, you know, supported by ticket revenue and local sponsorship and things like that. So it's not like you can do it where other leagues are considering just put just broadcasting games. It really boils down to having fans in the seats, and I think that's the bigger challenge for the CFL compared to the NHL or the NBA or other other leagues. Well, you you answered one of my future questions because I was going to ask about just having games on TV or in empty stadiums, and and you were a big part of the, the those first couple of TV deals, Mark, and all the money they they brought in from TSN. But you kind of quantified it, it's it's a nice number, but it's not a league saving number, I suppose, just to have the games on television. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a real issue. If you again, if you look at a, a team like the Riders or the Eskimos, which are publicly uh, listed numbers, you're 35 to 40 million in revenues and only a little over 4 million come from the league distribution which is part of the TV deal and some sponsorships and some Grey Cup numbers so there's really not enough money to say let's 
Texas play in front of an empty stadium because it won't cover, you know, that 35 to 40 million dollars in cost of, of your operations and about, you know, 15 million in, in football operations. So I think that really is the biggest challenge uh, that the league faces right now. And as, I, as we've said in the past, I think you really have to look at what is this knock on effect for. You know, the, the, the young person pouring the beer in the stadium, the, in, in the parking lot, uh, cleaning the seats after a game, all of that knock-on effect is what I think is so important for us to consider holistically. It's not just about professional players. It's, it's the knock-on effect in, in the entire economic uh, footprint in a, in a given city. You know, think about the bars and restaurants that won't be crowded when you don't have games. I think all those things are really important to factor in. Mark Kohan joining us on Inside Sports. He was the commissioner of the CFL from 07 to 2015. Okay, here comes the up and in fastball. And it's a yes or no question, though I don't know if it has a yes or no answer, but I got to ask it of you. Can the Canadian Football League survive a missed season? Uh, Well, I think that really boils down to what do they they need to do? I think from a fan base... Um, there are enough fans out there, uh, and this is so integral to who we are as Canadians, that if we missed a season, fans, I think, will roar back in 2021. Uh, my question really is, what do the economics look like to get you through uh, to next season? And that's really where you have to sit down and understand what those numbers look like. Okay. Well... Uh, well, Mark, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll end it kind of just generally, since you're the, the expert on this, having sat in Randy's chair. Is, is, there, like, is there anything I'm missing here? Is there any angle or something that you would want fans of the league to, to remember here in, as it pertains to Randy's request? Now, what, you know, I was curious, what, what were some of the reactions from your listeners uh, to the request from the CFL? You know was what? there anger? Were they supportive? <laughs> were they, was it all d- divergent? <laughs> uh, mo- most of it was that it was, uh, wasn't great timing and that sports is non-essential and that maybe this isn't something that the government should be uh, worried about giving money to, though I did have one texter, uh, and the majority of this feedback is on the uh, is through text, Mark. I did of have course. one listener text in and say the, the federal government has wasted money on far worse things than the CFL. They should get some money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, inter- interesting perspective from that from that listener. Um, you know, I think we'll, I think you're not really uh, you know missing any of the key issues. I think at the end of the day. Um, you really have to think about this holistically and what it means to the communities where CFL teams are um, and what it means to what Main Street looks like in our cities moving forward. Um, you know, what does is, what is Edmonton look like without the Eskimos? Uh, and what would that do to the, the psyche uh, of that city? What would... Uh, you know, what would Regina look like without the Rough Riders? You know, what would BC look like without the Lions? I think those are important things to really think about. Um, you know, part of it is about the near term, but really is about the future of what we are as Canadians and who we are. And I think try and put that hat on uh, for a minute. And, and hopefully, as we think about it, you know, this will be a challenge for all sporting leagues, not just this season, for years to come until there's a vaccine. So how do we get through this, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah. 
Mark, great perspective. Thanks for giving us your thoughts on this and uh, all the best. Sounds like you're an incredibly busy, busy guy and uh, keep busy, keep working. Thank, Thank you. you. Stay safe to you and your family. Really good perspective there from Mark Cohan, the former commissioner of the Canadian Football League. It, it is, and I talked to a couple other people today, it is a bit of a mystery how the CFL came up with exactly $150 million, but he did give you some revenue figures and some insight into the TV deal and how much that actually covers. And the CFL needs games being played, needs fans going to the stadium, needs sponsorship and able to make the large majority of its revenue. 780-496-0063 is how you can... Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. For your feedback, we got to call a quick timeout. Got about three minutes here to fit in a couple of calls. We'll go to John first. John, it's nice to hear from you. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Reed. I thought I'd bring a little bit different message to your 14,000 listeners because for the last two to three months, we've all Canadians have been bombarded and brainwashed by these very dire predictions of what comes next. And part of the reason for the, the message was to scare us and to terrify us and do this or you'll die and you know what, we just don't, I don't think we need that message on a daily basis any, you know, anymore. We get it. We are scared. But I think now's the time for a new kind of medical message where we want people to have hope and to have encouragement and to, above all, keep using common sense. The, the coronavirus tends to peter out in the summer months. And it, the one thing we know for sure about it is what Dr. Bogosh says, it will be present with us in the wintertime. The only coronavirus that had a secondary wave was the swine flu virus and the H1N1 virus, and that started in March and April and then a four-week second wave in October. In Alberta, we couldn't be doing any better, Reed. I mean, imagine only... Uh, 80 people in hospital with this and only 20 in intensive care and in Edmonton. Man, it's amazing. Yeah, I I think we've been doing well, John. We've got to keep going in that direction. And I think the Premier has mentioned they they could have uh, some relaunch details. uh, Was it later this week or next week? Thanks, John. We'll talk to you later. Okay, buddy? And we want to get Goalie Doc in here as well before we break for the news. Goalie Doc, go ahead. Oh, hi, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. Um, a couple things first that we have to think about uh, with the safety issues is we have to think about the the U.S. and Canadian border hasn't been uh, hasn't been opened yet yeah, till at least till the point. end of May. That's one point. Um, secondly, um, they thought initially the the NHL wants to play in NHL rinks. The smartest thing would have been to come to Canada, have the people come across 
do their do their start doing their training and stuff and and uh, doing their fourteen because they have to do fourteen days of quarantine theoretically when you come when you travel to Canada. So they're taking that into thing. And then the other thing, the safety issue. I'm wondering about the players, whether they're gonna um, wear face uh, face shields, you know, to uh, because when you're playing hockey and checking and everything like that, stuff's flying. And gro- it's gross, but things are flying out of your mouth all the time. And so I think there's also people that could be asymptomatic. So, again, I think there's a lot of things. I'm um, And so I just wanted to bring those things to effect. They'll really have to do it. If they were smart, they would bring it, bring the fine places in Canada that they can play where there isn't NBA uh, uh, teams and uh, have the people come and play here because we have the lowest number of cases of it, and therefore we have better control of it. Anyways, that's my thought. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks for calling, guys. Rob Brown, be nice to catch up with him after the news. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Canadian Football League draft goes tomorrow. We will keep you updated during Inside Sports. The Edmonton Eskimos will pick fourth overall. We'll see what happens with U of A Golden Bears offensive lineman Carter O'Donnell. Third ranked in the uh, final rankings and some mock drafts have him going first or even second. Having said that, he was signed by the Indianapolis Colts after the NFL draft on Saturday so, you know, maybe he drops a little bit if teams think he's going to go to the NFL. It's always interesting to see how that plays out, but we will keep you updated on that tomorrow evening. Uh, the uh, National Hockey League and its Players Association in a statement today saying that they have not made any decisions, do not have a timeline for possible return to play scenarios. However, they are looking at transitioning to phase two of this pause in the season and that would involve small group activities for players at NHL club training facilities and they are saying if uh, things continue to go well in the battle against the coronavirus that uh, this could happen in mid to late May so something to keep an eye on there and uh, they have closed their press release by simply saying the return to play committee will continue to meet regularly we had Mark Kohan on the show in the first half hour, the former commissioner of the uh, Canadian Football League, who said, uh, look, he gets it. He gets it why Randy Ambrosi is asking for aid. That 100 and, uh, the total $150 million figure, not totally clear how all of that would be used, but uh, Kohan did outline some of the revenue streams that teams are going to lose, primarily, you know, fans paying for tickets and paying for beer and food at the at the stadiums and uh all the local sponsorship that that comes along with the games and obviously they would lose the television revenue if there are no games to to televise this year though as he said that's only about 10 or 11 percent of uh, of the total revenue that the teams get from the league so something to keep in mind there uh 7804960063 is how you can get a hold of me by calling or texting also today the edmonton oilers making uh, a signing and they have signed Theodore Lenstrom, a Swedish defenseman. He is 25 years of age. He has played four seasons in the Swedish hockey league, highest league in Sweden. He played the last three seasons in the SHL 
was in the uh, second division Swedish league for three years before that. And back, I guess, seven years ago, he played in the SHL, played for Frölunda and uh, had 15 points in 31 games. They captured the Champions Hockey League where he led all defensemen in three goals. Listed as 6'1", about 190 pounds. So another bit of a project here for the Oilers. And uh, talking to someone who has seen Lenstrom play in Sweden, this person says uh, his strength, hands down in his speed, great explosiveness, much faster than other guys, so he just separates himself. Defensively, he can struggle a bit, but he can catch up to guys if he gets beat and good at beating the first four-checker to the puck. Uh, pretty good with his uh, pretty good hands, good puck control. So uh, there you go. Maybe not a, a wizard defensively, but he can get to the puck first and he can get it out of the end. Now, how does this translate to the National Hockey League? Time will tell. Uh, we saw Joel Pearson come over from Sweden, play a few games with the Oilers. He looked... Uh, you know, okay, but eventually he uh, he was pushed down the depth chart, played most of the season with the Bakersfield Condors, and eventually, in I think it was February 24th, he was traded to the Anaheim Ducks. So a lot of Swedish defensemen with the Oilers and in the system. You have Larson and Clefbaum uh, in the NHL. You have Broberg drafted in the first round last year. Lagesson in the uh, in the AHL, Berglund, another player that uh, the Oilers have over in Sweden, and now Theodore Lenstrom is as well, who gets a one-year entry-level contract from the Oilers. So we'll we'll see how that works out. I was uh, it was interesting too about that Gaetan Haas signing yesterday, and I thought Haas, you know, did okay for the Oilers. He never played a lot. Uh, I I thought he he had to find his way a little bit. He had some pretty good moments. It, it makes me wonder, uh, you know, now he's he's signed for, for next year as well. Riley Shane isn't. They're both the same age. Uh, Haas shoots right, Shane shoots left. I, I think Shane's a better player. Here, here's the thing about the Oilers. They, they were, and I, I guess I should stop, I always catch myself speaking about this season in the past tense. It's not done yet. But to this point of the season, the Oilers were a deeper team they'd been in the last couple of years, but I, I still think it's far from an ideal or cup-contending NHL roster. And I think if if Gaetan Haas is your fourth-line center, um, you know, okay. If Riley Shane's your fourth-line center, you're you're probably in a lot better shape. But the way they had to be for most of the season – was uh, Shane basically a third-line center and Haas a, a fourth-line center. I, I think ideally both those guys are fourth-line players. Now that they, they they play the same position. Shane certainly excellent uh, on the penalty kill. Had a couple of games where he was able to chip in some offense. He did have that one four-point four game, which was a bit of an anomaly, but still he, he was able to do it. So, you know, I think Haas is a, is a safe player to have around. Do I think he's excellent in his role? No, I, I, I think he's decent in his role. And another thing to remember here is we we don't know how long the offseason is going to be. We don't, I mean, the, the, the current, like I said, the current season is still technically going on. It has been paused. The NHL wants to finish it. We don't know if they're going to be able to finish it, but they sure as heck want to finish it. So it could get everybody back. You could finish the regular season, play the playoffs, and then you might have... I don't know, three like a three-week offseason, a month offseason. So they'll have to do the draft, then they'll have to do free agency. And with things clipping along so quickly, 
I, I think having players locked up and then not being potentially caught in the in the shopping frenzy could be a good thing. So, you know, again, with Haas, I, I, I don't think it's a liability. I, I don't think having him around next year makes the team any worse. I, I still think there's a, there's a vacancy on the third line. I know Bob and I were talking about it on Friday's show, and Bob doesn't believe that there, there's really a UFA that you could potentially chase in the summer that's going to be a massive upgrade than, than Haas, or I suppose, or Shane, if you want to put them all in the same bucket. So that's, uh, that's where we're at down the middle with uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. 780-496-0063 is the number to call us or text us here on Inside Sports. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, we were going to try to connect with Rob Brown, which is great because he does owe somebody an autograph. But uh, <laughs> that was quite a call last night from JP, wasn't it, Kellen? Yeah, it was. It always is from uh, JP. He, he always finds uh, ways to be uh, entertaining, but... That's okay. Tell you what, we'll keep, we'll we'll, uh, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll see if uh, we'll see if we can connect with Rob. We do have uh, some other Oilers legends that were. Uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking today, and uh, welcome. Uh, you're welcome to bring your feedback as well. Back after the break. get to this clip as well Alberta Premier Jason Kenney asked today about the uh, CFL going to the feds for financial assistance first of all the Canadian Football League is an important national institution and the asks and uh, stamps are important Alberta institutions a lot of Albertans would say the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are too by the way um, and uh, so I, I certainly am sympathetic to their request from the Canadian Football League. We want the league to come out of this as a uh, as a vibrant, vibrant part of, of Canada's uh, sports life. And um, so uh, I, I, I have, wasn't aware of their request, uh, but but I'll take a look at that. And uh, I have not personally received uh, any uh, communications from uh, the Stamps or, or the Eskimos, but we'd be happy to reach out to them and, and see how they're coping through this, because obviously um, the uh, the season this year is going to be um, at least somehow compromised. All right, that's Jason Kenny. Well, yeah, it's going to be a compromised season. Here's what is one thing that I'm really curious about for the Canadian Football League, if they are able to come back. And I, I would say I'm a proponent of this in almost any league you could think of. And that's a shorter season. Now, if the CFL has to play eight games, that's too short. Ten games, too short. I'll tell you what. If the CFL, and I'm totally dreaming here because this will likely never happen because of, of finances. I think ideally it's 14 games. I, I, like, I, I mean that. I, I think that that is enough to separate the playoff team's from the non-playoff teams, uh, I think it 
punishes teams who don't start the season well, because there are a lot of games in the CFL. And if you start poorly and you still haven't played some of the bad teams, you can probably climb out of the hole. I, I would love to see it. If, if I became the grand poobah of all sports leagues in the world, first of all, how awkward would that be for everybody? But second of all, I would, I would reduce the length of probably almost every regular season. CFL, I'd do 16 games max, maybe just do a double round robin or even take it down to 14. You play everybody once, maybe a couple teams in the uh, other division. You don't play twice. You play 14 games. It's more of a sprint. You chop off the three teams that aren't good enough because a lot of times in the CFL now, there's not really a great race for a playoff spot, right? By the time you get to 18 games, it rarely goes down to the final weekend, maybe for one spot. And sometimes that's between teams that are already in. And sure, maybe they're playing for home field advantage for a bye, which is interesting, but you still would have had that race and more if if you cut the season off a little bit earlier. NFL at 16, probably good. I know they've talked sometimes about expanding it to 17. I wouldn't. If, if anything, I would shorten it. And again, I know I'm dreaming because owners aren't going to take, you know, lose lose the home gates and all this kind of stuff. The NHL and the NBA, where'd you come up with 82? Like, what, you wanted something that was divisible by 41? Like, 82 makes no sense at all. It used to be 80 when I was a young lad running around in uh, the swamp in Evansburg. And then it was 84 for a while, and they added these neutral site games, and now it's been 82. In the uh, strike lockout shortened seasons, that's been 48. Hockey's been just as entertaining. To me, NHL, play 70. Play 70 games over about the same length of time. So maybe teams are just playing three games a week. They get a little more rest time in between games. They stay healthier. That maybe makes the regular season a little more meaningful. Uh, again, it tightens everything's, everything up, so you're reaching the finish line sooner, and that makes the playoff rave games a little tighter. And uh, that's what that's what I, I'm talking, obviously, about a non-lockout, non-coronavirus type of season. But I, I, like I'd go to seven the, in, in the NHL, and I've reached the point as, uh, as I've become a, a wise middle-aged man, and when I say wise, I actually mean not wise, you know what I'm getting at? Like these records. Well, what about the records? Well, what would 100 points mean? I don't care. You know, what do you remember about a year of the Stanley Cup? If a guy's the leading scorer, he's the leading scorer. I mean, if if Leon Draisaitl leads the league with 100 points in 70 games, fine. If he would have had 130 points in 82, whatever, fine. I like. I don't care. I, I just would sooner see. A, a fewer games in the regular season. Thus, the games become more meaningful. It, it might be tighter right down to the wire for teams to get in. And the teams would, I, I think the players would stay healthier because when do they get hurt? Three games in four nights, four games in six nights, all that kind of stuff. So now here's, now here's the interesting thing. Out of this coronavirus, Maybe they might have to do something like this for the next season. Someone just texted in, come on, read it's about revenue. Yes, I said that. I already said that. Don't make me turn into Halsey on you tonight, sitting here alone in my spare bedroom. I can't even see Kellen smirking at me right now. I am, Yes, I've, I've, I've said this likely will never happen because owners aren't going to reduce the amount of home games that they had. I'm saying if I became the grand poobah of several sports leagues, 
Though I probably wouldn't touch MLS. I wouldn't be interested in running Major League Soccer. They can stick to themselves. Uh, Jeremy from Glendon, who is uh, self-isolating inside his apartment in the pierogi, he says, hey, Reed, let's not get picky about eight or 10 or 14 games. Let's take what we can get. And if there's an asterisk beside your name, so be it. Well, I don't think there, I don't think there would be an asterisk beside the, the Grey Cup champion or whatever champion for this season. Uh, now, they're not, at the end of the CFL will not get to 14 games this year. I think it's going to be eight or 10, maybe starting just before or just after Labor Day. But uh, here's the thing, and Mark Cohan touched it on it. If they're not going to have fans in the stadium, is it worth it to even have a season? Right. So that that's another that's another thing to keep in mind. I mean, they may they may reach a point where they just say, "Well, we're we're losing so much money, and we're not going to make enough back by just having the games on TV." And as he said, like this, the CFL's TV contract is good only in terms of what the CFL had in the past. All right. Also, want to touch on uh, Doctor Fauci. Top guy in the states, no longer. He what? Because a couple of weeks ago he had said, "Yeah, you know, if we do it, if we do it right, we uh, we do it carefully, maybe we can get to sports." I'm dying for sports. Well, now a New York Times article saying that maybe not. Some sports may have to skip this year. Fauci says. So now he's sort of looking at this and saying, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to go. Uh, he says safety for the players and for the fans trumps everything. If you can't guarantee safety, then unfortunately you're going to have to bite the bullet and say, we may have to go without sport this season. Uh, now, the, the earlier this month, he did say that sports could return. No fans in the stands. Players would have to be tested frequently and they would have to stay in nearby hotels. This he's making a, a blanket statement that may ultimately not wind up applying to every league. And I, I told you what the National Hockey League said today. They don't have any decisions. They don't have a timetable for a return to play. But they say if there are encouraging trends in the coronavirus numbers that continue, maybe by mid to mate, late May, players can convene in small groups at NHL club training facilities and maybe that is slowly paving the way for for playing some games as uh we are going to be able to check in with rob brown here for actually kellen first of all before we bring rob in could you play that part of the phone call we had last night can you do me a favor please though i talk about this every time and i brought <laughs> it up already get rob out of class for me please <laughs> okay. you need to do the legwork you need to do this for me because i'm not coming through to him that's JP Rob. He's not giving up. He's you have to admire that as as an elite level athlete yourself. You have to admire the willpower being shown by JP to somehow get your autograph. Well, uh, I'm sure he was about two or three bottles in when he when he made those comments. So uh, if he brings a bottle over, he and I can sit over a bottle or two, and we could probably figure a way to sign my name. I was thinking you could take a picture of your autograph, text it to me, and then I could send it to him on Twitter and he could just print it up. In- <laughs> well, or he actually can call my wife because she's really good at signing checks with it. So I'm sure she could <laughs> sign it for him too. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, uh, talking about a possible uh, future here for the, for the NHL and maybe in mid to late May players start 
training and team facilities in small groups. The hope for the NHL is to bring players to a city, get a bunch of teams together, finish the season, have a little playoff tournament, however it might work. That could involve, though, players being away from loved ones and friends for an extended period of time. Put yourself into those shoes for when you played for whoever, Pittsburgh, Chicago. Okay, Rob, you're going to Winnipeg, and you might be there for 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I've said right from the beginning when when they started talking about this. And I've read articles in some of the papers here at Edmonton where people said, well, there's no reason it shouldn't start. I mean, it's, it's easy to get this done. The players just come for three months and they quarantine. You're asking a lot. And I understand they get paid a lot. And I understand there's a lot of money on the table. But being away from your family for three months, that's a, that's a long time. I mean, during my career, uh, we had twins. Now, if it was in the first two or three years of having twins, being away from my, my twins for two, three months, I mean, that's a long time. That's hard on the family. It's hard on the wife being back home with the kids. And there, if there's 16 or 20 or whatever number of teams there are, and then you add the staff, and you add the refs and the statisticians and all that, over the course of three months, there's going to be births. Over the course of three months, there's going to be deaths. And to have the, the players or whoever's involved not be allowed to go back to be there for part of the birth or, or be there for, for a funeral or something along that, that line, I mean, again, that's, that might be asking too much. So, yes, I, I know that they want to get this done, and we all hope that it's somehow bigger way to, to do it. But it, it's not as simple as just saying, all right, hey, you're going to come for three months and, and you're going to play and it's all going to be good. Yeah, it, it's an awful lot of, of stress put on the players, an awful lot more stress put on the families that are back at home waiting for, for their, their loved ones to come home and, and, and lend a hand. Uh, Rob, we're just into the, uh, into the final minute here. Uh, Gaetan Haas gets an extension for, from the Oilers. I, I was talking earlier. To me, him and Shane kind of occupy the same role. They're both fourth-line centers, but Shane has had to play on the third line, but the Oilers commit to Haas for another season. Yeah, I mean, if you if you had your druthers, Shane uh, produced better and gave you more. And when you just saw what he could do with the, the penalty killing, that was a step up on Haas. I think just the way that the world is right now and not being able to see uh, playoffs, not be able to see world championships, not be able to see the minors, see what else is out there, We they have a safety net. They know what Haas is capable of doing, and... Uh, to me, it was part of a, I don't know, call it a coronavirus signing. signing. They, they didn't have the option of going out and looking at a lot of other players to do this. So we know what he's capable of doing. We feel safe with him. We'll bring him back for a year. Rob, thanks for checking in, man. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Keep safe, okay? Sound, sound you too, Reed. Take care. A little bit there with Rob Brown, our in-game analyst for our Oilers broadcasts on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. Get more on uh, the CFL, my commissioner with Mark Cohan on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Tomorrow we'll keep you updated on the CFL draft. We're with you from 7 to 8 temporarily on Inside Sports. 6 to 7 currently has Global News Hour at 6. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.